checking the attitude of mind as you practice. <clears throat> not trying to not trying to create any experience nor avoid any experience. Understanding that the present moment arises due to causes and conditions that are outside of our immediate control. And our work of awareness is to recognize this experience. <clears throat> you may use your primary object or you may open to receive any experience that calls your attention. And in each moment, remembering to recognize the experience. Feeling into qualities of the physical sensations or the heart space, recognizing the cognitive activities of the mind. These are all natural mental uh, activities, capacities. Monitoring whether the body remains relaxed or at ease, and also the mind. Letting the mind attend to the present moment without any other agenda, but to recognize, feel into, receive, acknowledge, observe, So with that understanding of right views and skillful attitudes of mind, we can understand that right effort is really the midpoint between being patient with what has arisen and being persevering in the observation of it, recognition of it, moment by moment. And uh, when when you notice that the mind has been wandering in thought, or you have been off on a unrecognized journey into the future, into the past, some fantasy, understand that one of the torments, one of the defilements has visited the mind, obscuring awareness, and we haven't noticed it. So when we, when we recognize that this is happening, there's a narrative going on about my future, my past, what I want, what I don't like. Recognize this, this narrative that is suffering, some sense of suffering, wanting something, not wanting something, remembering something painful or shameful or difficult. Recognize that this narrative involves you suffering in some way. See if you can understand or recognize the quality of this mental state. Is it averse? 
aversion, some form of rage, anger, hatred, irritation, impatience, depression, fear, anxiety? Is it desire, wanting, longing, planning, looking forward to being identified with something? Or is it just confusion, wondering, bewilderment? If we can recognize the quality of this state of mind, we want to be careful not to judge ourselves for this experience. So we relax our self-judgment, understanding that this is a deeply conditioned habit that's arisen due to cause and conditions that we don't control. And yet awareness can recognize and we can relax. And with that, we also want to exercise some discernment, some care in not acting out the state of mind. Now we can act out by indulging in these thoughts, justifying this state of mind, explaining it to ourselves. We can plan to take some course of action in the future about it. These are all indulging the content of this state of mind, this narrative. So being careful not to uh, indulge, we exercise some restraint, naming the experience if we can. And we also want to reframe our understanding. We sometimes have a misunderstanding that I have to get rid of this unpleasant emotional storm before I can practice or it's clearly interfering with our with our practice our mindfulness the continuity and we should understand that this is the very experience that we're not yet able to be mindfully aware of and so we take that opportunity this is the very place to, to practice being aware. And this six-step process of recognizing, relaxing, exercising restraint, and reframing our understanding allows us then to be mindfully aware and to receive the experience, to receive the nature of this experience. So when we recognize some tormented state of mind, we can know, oh, this is the nature of fear. Whatever you're experiencing in the body, in the mind, in the heart, this is the experience. This is the nature of fear, or this is the nature of irritation, the nature of desire. This is the nature of depression. This is the nature of Whatever torturous, tormented state of mind you have recognized. <clears throat> and you may be aware of the physical sensations associated with that emotional storm, or you may be uh, attuned to the feeling in the heart of the emotion. Uh, you may be, and probably will be, recognizing the story that goes on and on and on. Any of these are suitable uh, objects for attention. They're a reflection of the nature of this mental state. And as we learn to willingly open to the unpleasantness of these states of mind, we begin to realize that they're really unpleasant. They have this dukkha characteristic. They may be painful, unsatisfactory, uh, oppressive, uh, just not, not okay. It's okay to be aware of them, but they don't feel okay. This is the dukkha characteristic. We also quite naturally recognize, realize that they are really out of our control. 
we don't invite them to happen. When they're happening, we can't get rid of them. We can't control them. We, ex- we cannot exercise a dominion over them. They have their own nature. This is the anatta characteristic that we see with all of these states of mind. And the third vipassana insight that we will realize, not by thinking about it, but just by observing, is that they don't last very long. These states of mind arise due to causes and conditions, and when those causes and conditions cease, this mental state disappears. It's fleeting, actually, constantly shifting and changing, eventually leaving. As I mentioned last night, one of the conditions for the arising of these tormented states of mind is unwise attention. When we're careless or forgetful in our attention, then they visit the mind, taking our mind away from the present moment into some fantasy, some futuring, some remembering. But as soon as we start willingly, openly receiving, acknowledging, observing these states of mind, we remove their foundation, which is unwise attention. Because now we're paying attention wisely, skillfully, recognizing and acknowledging, and we see how conditional the state of mind is, how fleeting it is, how unpleasant it is. These are the Vipassana insights, impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, the ungovernability of all of these experiences. When we see these three insights, when we gain these knowledges, it transforms our understanding. Slowly and gradually we understand things differently than our conditioning from our family and our society and our culture and experiences. This is the way to liberation, the way to free the heart from suffering and the causes of suffering. Recognize, relax, exercise restraint, reframe your experience, reframe your understanding, receive the nature of these experiences and realize these three insights. Work with these qualities, all of these tormented states of mind in this way. Just do the best you can without struggling, without without any expectation even. Just do the best you can, let that be good enough.
So, did you entertain any visitors during that today? <laughs> or did you just invite them in and serve them tea and... Ah. Any comments? What are you observing? What are you bringing from the front lines here? <laughs> okay. Um, so in this particular sitting, I was really trying to work with sleepiness. Yes. Um, yeah. Differently because this is the one I get, usually get sleepy in. So I was noticing the beginning of that Morpheus attack. Yeah. Mm. And on the in-breath, there was a, a movement towards awakening, waking up. Huh. So uh, I just tried to stay with that, mm. to note, note that, um, with the intention to allow that cooler air that was coming in to fill me with yeah. And then, then I breathe out again and notice. And then towards the end, I mean, I was able to stay with this for a while, uh, but it seemed to me that I was also feeling, noting that as I stayed, not to get to it too fixed with out's going to make me sleepy, in's going to waken me out. So I tried to like let go of that a little bit and see if, so yeah thank you very much she was working with sleepiness and uh, trying to be with it and what she noticed was that on the in-breath there was some uh, uh, a coolness and and kind of more invigorating feeling in the mind and when she breathed out she kind of deflated with it, something like that. Mm -hmm. Hmm? But then you were very diligent so that you could really watch it. And then you considered uh, maybe you didn't have to believe that it was always going to be in-breath is invigorating, out-breath is deflating. And you were able to watch it for some sustained period of time. Right? That's good. And you didn't fall asleep. That's how you do it, folks. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not magic. It's not like it goes away. It's not like suddenly you're just ah, super alert just because you're working with it. But you can learn something about it. So it's this interest that is the, the determinant. You know, if you're interested in it, you will learn something about it. You'll observe it and you'll, you'll, you'll begin to notice, oh, this is the way it is. And that's what's important, is really getting um, uh, strengthening the awareness of these experiences rather than being caught in the experience. So that, that's all we're doing is we're strengthening the awareness of them. Because awareness is wakefulness. It's wakefulness. And even if we're, what we're awake and aware of is drowsiness, heaviness, and torpor, or something that's really heavy-mindedness. Awareness is always light and wholesome. Okay, so as we cultivate that, or as we strengthen that, as we have more continuity of the awareness, then there brings a, it brings a natural wakefulness, even, even of sleepiness. That's good. Kind of counterintuitive, though, isn't it? You know, if I'm sleepy and I pay attention, I'm going to fall asleep. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. I mean, if you just merge with the sleep, the feeling of sleepiness, yeah, you'll get whoosh, sunk and you'll be in the zone, not the practice zone. Yeah. Yes. Planning, planning. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, after your talk last night, 
I've been trying to just see that as confusion. Confusion. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, even though it doesn't feel like a, a really negative thing, yeah. it's a little harder to work with. Yeah. But the counterpart to that is, I just came up with this thinking of it as sort of a breath buffet. A breath buffet? Yes. Uh, <laughs> of different things that I think of. Uh, I kind of roll, scroll through different things like awareness of breathing, breathing, knowledge of breathing, breath, I'm in my body, awareness of body. Because I don't want any one of those to turn into some kind of mantra yeah. that I'm fixed about. Yeah. I'm just wondering, I'm wondering if that's sort of a skillful way to approach this or not. Okay, so you, I think you could all hear what he was talking about. He was talking about noticing that he had uh, a lot of futuring, or planning, <laughs> futuring, and uh, in order to not get kind of mantra, have a mantra in dealing with it, you, we would uh, reformulate a, a different way of expressing what we, you were experiencing. Oh, the breath is being known, now I'm aware of the breath, and I'm aware of the body, and just a kind of uh, varying the, the noting or the acknowledgement of what was going on. That's okay. It's gonna get, it may get a little tiring and uh, a little more like a project. So what, what actually is happening when you do that is um, there's these two qualities of mind that we're working with, particularly with sleepiness and with anything that is, tends to pull us under is we're working with connecting our, exp- our attention to the experience and then sustaining our attention on the experience. And that's what will allow us to really receive it, to really taste its unique flavor. So if those words, if a variety of words uh, encourages you to stay connected with and sustain your attention on your experience, that's good. So connecting, sustaining, connecting, sustaining, connecting, sustaining. Then you will, it is the connecting, which is the energizing of the attentive mind. That's what, connecting is the mental factor that overcomes sloth and torpor. Sustaining is the mental state that overcomes doubt. Because you know, if you can sustain your attention on it, you'll feel the direct experience and you'll know that moment's experience. So what I heard you really saying, or, or what I heard you doing, is creatively connecting, 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 connecting. That's good. You might not need to use all those words if you understand the activity is just making sure that you're connecting with the experience, connect with that experience, connect with that experience. Yeah, but it works. If it works for you, that's good. Yeah. Well, also what you said about the, uh, Who's talking? Oh. Yes. I notice when I get into planning or future, yeah. I get my brow kind of gets furrowed. Yeah. And so it's very helpful to just kind of take So when you get into futuring, yes. you notice uh, the increasing creasing. <laughs> the increasing creasing of the, the forehead, huh? Yeah, it's very, very helpful to just relax that part of my face mm. and it helps me settle in. Great. Good. The more you notice, the more you notice, the more awake you are. Yeah, Alan. Um, regarding pain, discomfort. He's going to speak about it tonight. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Um, does it matter? I mean, sometimes I want to stretch out my legs. Um, sometimes I want to cross my legs. Um, yeah. Does it matter? Okay, so I'm going to give you just a three-minute three tutorial on pain, and, and Mark is going to give you a full discourse later. Okay? Pain is a good object for awareness because your mind doesn't wander very far away. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back pretty quick. <laughs> okay? So in that way, it's a, it's a good object. Uh, as long as you have the energy, mental energy, to play with it, to work with it, to kind of feel into it, just like feel it, what is, what's going on here? And you get a little close to it and you feel around, how big is it? What's its qualities? Naming. 
Oh, this is pain. Oh, this is really hardness. No, it's twisting. Now it's burning. Now it's flickering. Now it's twisting. Now it's stretching. Now it's, ooh, uh, you know, you can, you can, as long as you've got that mental energy to play with it, fine, stay with it. But when you get to the place of, <clears throat> and you just kind of condense the whole body, just kind of contracts around it, and you just kind of take a quick glance at the watch, it's 15 minutes to go, I think I can make it. <clears throat> Don't bother. Useless. It just flattens out the mind. It drains your energy. For a while, pain can be energizing if you can play with it. But if it gets to be an endurance contest, it just depletes the energy, the mental energy. And then just enduring pain, not very useful. Not useful at all, actually. So let that go. A couple things you can do when, you, when you're sitting still with pain and you get to the point where the internal debate begins. Should I move now or later? <laughs> okay? So first, just, just first, first to one thing you can try is just ask yourself, if this doesn't get any worse, can I bear with it? And that's just a way of just coming out of it and saying, oh, it's like this. I'm with it now. If it doesn't get any worse, can I be with it? And usually we can say, yeah, okay, I, I don't like it, but I can do it. Or the another thing you can do is say, okay, <clears throat> give yourself permission to move. I'm going to move. Okay, I'm going to move. I'm it's okay to move, and I'm going to move. But first, I'm going to watch it closely for 10 seconds. Just 10 more seconds, that's all. And, and once you give yourself permission to move, you'll relax. Ah, okay, I'm going to move. <laughs> okay, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. And 10 seconds goes by and you don't move. So it's tricking the mind into kind of not... You know, not just kind of being oppressed like, this is the way it's going to be forever. No, it isn't, because you're going to move. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, can, I can relax with that. <laughs> so it's just different ways of working with the mind. But if the meditation is focused on promoting awareness, yeah. in, and, and it's a mind thing, why does it matter where my feet are? Where's your mind? <laughs> well, when I'm experiencing pain, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the posture is. You're right. But what we see is when, when discomfort comes in the body, we have a lot of aversion. Right? We get aversion to it. And we start, uh, you know, whinging and whining, oh, poor me, my, my body, my pain. And these are all wrong views. And in order to kind of begin to crack that misunderstanding, to begin to see through that illusion... We bear with it for a while with patience and just say, okay, what's, what's really going on here? How much of this is physical discomfort and how much of it is mental resistance? You know, that's a good thing to look at. So it, there's just, I'm sure Mark will have lots. There's, we've all dealt with a lot of pain. So it's like there's, there's tons of uh, techniques and tricks and ways of working. Uh, you can always move. And nobody, nobody's ever said that you can't move. Yeah, last comment. Um, I, one of the teachers had told a story about um, like the full searching for a lost ring in the light versus in the darkness where the fool had lost it. I don't know if you're familiar. But it's a bit effectively the, the point is, is that there are things that are hidden in our mind that we don't work with. We tend to work with our comfort zone. Yeah. Is there a skillful way of of tapping into the places that are sort of not known or the things that don't really arise in the moment. Yeah. I, I deal with it by paying attention to where I'm resistant, but is yeah. there something yeah, else? Sure. So the question is about the Nasruddin story where Nasruddin has lost his ring and he's under the street light looking for his ring. And somebody says, did you find it yet? No. Well, why not? Well, I lost it over there, but there's light here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or something like that, right? So uh, we tend to look in our, we tend to be comfortable in our comfort zone and find it a little difficult to get to the edges and take one step over the edge into our discomfort zone. So how to do that? Just like that. You know, you sit, and when you get to the place where you find yourself just squirming, 
just wanting to get up and leave or kind of start planning to do, you know, and you're, you can be sure that there's something coming into view. You're getting close to your comfort, the edge of your comfort zone. It might appear physically as, oh, the pain is getting too much. It might be sleepiness. You might start to feel like you're hungry or you want to tea or something. You know, you just, okay, just sit there for, not, not, you know, like I mentioned last night, you don't have to be heroic about, you know, kind of extending your practice. It's just a little bit, just a minute here and five minutes there, a, a little bit more attentive, a little less food, a little less sleep, a little, just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that you're all overeating and oversleeping, but if that's your, <laughs> no, no, but if that's your, if that's your edge, I need eight hours. Really? <laughs> Check it out. Really, check it out. And just play with your edge. Yeah, I mean, we know, we know where our edge is. You know, we know that we just don't go there. You know, we, but all we've got to do is find the edge and just put your toe over the edge. That's all. And if you keep doing that, pretty soon you've taken a whole step, more steps, and gradually we expand our capacity. Today is another day. Uh, Wednesday, I think. Guided meditation, 3.30. 3.30. Aha. The Dharma entertainment this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) It's instructive. Is uh, Deborah will offer another guided uh, journey into the heart. Sure to be a benefit of practice. 3.30. Okay. Anything else? I'll, I'll do another standing meditation. It looks like it's kind of maybe possibly raining today. So I'll do another standing, guided standing meditation at uh, 7 o'clock. So see you there. Enjoy your day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.